to Black Light Mass Incarceration Show. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Black Light Mass Incarceration Show is a space that is used to uplift the unheard voices of the criminal and social justice issues that many face today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Black Light listeners. Today, we have a guest named Tyson, who is currently incarcerated in Greenville or Green Rock in Virginia. And he is here to talk to us about why he's incarcerated. It's going to blow your mind about why he's incarcerated. But without further ado, I want to introduce Tyson. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. So tell us about your story. Your story is kind of unique um, because we know that Virginia had passed a law that legalized marijuana, but you're currently incarcerated for marijuana. So tell us what happened. Okay. Um, I was charged in 2006 with possession with intent to distribute marijuana. I was put on probation, did the whole probation thing. They put, at the time, that charge carried one to 10 years. They put 10 years of good paper on my head. But every time I would say not finish community service or I fail a drug test, they'll restart the two years probation and they restart the 10 years over your head. So when I finally did get into a lot of trouble in 2014, I got I got a revocation. So when I lost my appeal, I got a revocation for the weed charge in 2018. And going to court and everything, I get finished to three years, what, three years, three hundred no, yeah, three years, 320 days, so pretty much four years for possession intent to distribute marijuana. And most people think that I had a whole, must have been a whole lot of marijuana, but it was only an ounce and a half. Just an ounce and a half of marijuana. And I get, I get, at first, I, I wanted to push to get me the CCAP. The judge agreed I can, I can get to the CCAP. So I get accepted, go back to court. Hold on. Tell us, not. tell us what CCAP is, because some of our people in the audience might not know what CCAP is. Okay, CCAP is pretty much, say, a halfway house or drug, it's a drug program pretty much. So instead of prison or jail time, they actually need for a drug program. So I got accepted to do that. But when I go to court, the judge changed his mind, I guess, and he sent me to the three years, 320 days. I'm like, oh man, like on top of time, I already got to do, I got to do another pretty much four years. What else in the half? Or charge that's pretty much 10 years old. So I think I, I, I accepted. I, I did it, so I accepted. So I get shipped off and not away. And I go to Gilman Correctional Center. And like two years later, 2020, 2021, no, 2020, they decriminalized marijuana. 2021, they actually allowed possession of a house. And anything under, I think it's a pound, is nothing but a $25 fine. So I'm like, how am I still locked up for throwing felony down for a charge that's now considered a misdemeanor? And then it goes as far as Republican governor for Virginia, Governor Glenn Youngkin, he does the budget bill, and he minimizes it even more, making my now presentable intent of marijuana that is now considered a misdemeanor. And they went even further. Now they trying to expunge that off of your record. Well, uh, starting next year, but yet I'm still locked up. So was, was that not retroactive 
Was it not retroactive for the ones that were locked up already for that charge? I'm not sure because the, the, the word in the bill, it says that the bill was passed on HB 2312. The purpose of the bill was to minimize, minimize penalties and to help those that have been most affected by the old marijuana law. So who more yeah. been affected than somebody that's locked up during felony time for something that's never considered a misdemeanor? Yeah, that is wild. Let me ask you this. So when you got caught and you got caught with a little over an ounce, ounce and a half, was it, did you have it bagged individually or was it all in one bag? Because I know that a lot of times they get you with a attempt to distribute when it's bagged separately. Was it bagged separately or was it all together? Yeah, that's how it was bagged separately. Okay, okay. That's what made it possession with intent to distribute. Okay. All right. But normally, I don't really know too many people that get like a felony. A lot of times they downgrade the charge. I mean, because it was just a little over an ounce and a half. I mean, I can understand if it was like a pound or something. But did you tell them it was for legal use or they just automatically assumed you were selling it because it was bagged individually? It, it was more so uh, wrong place, wrong time. The county that I was, I, I caught that charge in was Brunswick uh, County out in Lawrenceville, Virginia. Worst county ever. And to to get that much extreme, like, I, I, I just finished my other time for Pennsylvania County. I had possession with intent, possession with intent to distribute cocaine, possession of a firearm by convicted felon, and possession of uh, of the cocaine with the firearm with the uh, misdemeanor marijuana possession. With all of that, I only got four years, three months. But yet with this with this 2006 charge, possession to distribute with, with marijuana, I received pretty much four years for that. And that charge is, like I said, over 10 years old, but well over 10 years, almost 20 years old now. So it was just wrong place, wrong time. That county, and now, but things are starting to look bad enough to mail that judge and that prosecutor have now both retired or just been the prosecutor replacing that judge that retired. So now I'm looking at different avenues of doing another habeas corpus after January 1st when the actual law goes into effect to retail sale of marijuana. And I'm going to shoot my shot again if they cannot get a motion to reconsider or just. Give the kid it vacated that they try to expunge it off your record anyway. Mm-hmm. Or get it modified, like the bill said that it's gonna modify the penalty and hopefully that goes through. Have you done any legal remedies, you know, prior to what you're gonna do now? Have you done anything you know, try to do any motions? Yeah, I submitted I submitted a motion to reconsider and I submitted a a motion to vacate. That's I submitted a motion to vacate. I submitted that twice. Um, I'm not looking at dates, but I think it was like October of 2022. Last around this time last year, I submitted two of them, and I also submitted a motion to help pay off my fines. I never received. I never received a reply back or nothing. So now that that judge, like I said, that prosecutor is going to shoot too much out again and submit it all over again. So they never even replied at all. That's crazy. Never replied back to it. That's wild. And you, 
Have you reached out to any organizations? I just found, um, I think it's Virginia Hemp Coalition. They're the ones that's pretty much in charge of retail sales and just regulate the weed bill in Virginia. So I just saw the email. I just sent them an email out last week about what avenues can I take or what's to be done about those that still locked up. And even though they're charged, they're considered a misdemeanor. Right. Well, hopefully they can um, provide you with some a lead way that can help you get out. How long have you been in there? Um, I've been locked up now over five years, five years, four months. So I pretty much did over a year for this weed charge already. Did the good time bill? So I know y'all just had that good time bill, and I know they said they only let thirty people out. Did you not get any? Have you? Did you not get any good time credit? Yeah, I, I received, but like I said, I'm doing pretty much over eight years, so I still, I still have like a year left, even with the good time. Unless you get a remedy, right? That's why I have been using other platforms. Can't talk asking me to do something for them, so I have been doing that. Just trying to use whatever I can to get a body or two. Right, I know that's right. So what do you plan to do once you get out? That's what I'm doing with the TED Talk. Like, I already had a couple of good trades before I got locked up. But now, because I picked up my ATF certificate, I learned how to weld and learn HVAC. So now, I've created a, a simple nonprofit to help teach people how to better financial manage their money, how to budget, how to control, how to plan for retirement. So that's one of the things that I want to do. When I, got, when I came to prison, I pretty much figured, like, I was going to learn how to get my CDLs and learn how to cut hair and stuff. On TV, that stuff is not really offered in prison. So while I was at Dillwyn, I wanted to learn my CDL. So I wrote up a lesson plan and presented it to the principal and the warden there. They actually let me start a plan to teach inmates how to pass the written part of the CDL test. I'm pretty good with it. Teaching and facilitating certain things. So that's what made me want to do my own nonprofit teaching how to budget their money. Yeah, that is a good idea because a lot of people don't know how to budget money. Why do you think that they don't have is that in all prisons or is it that y'all really don't have enough classes or is it just, you know, the ones you've been to? Um, yeah, they ain't been to a lot of prisons. <laughs> this is the only one, this is my first day. This is my first, my first one and only day. And I was been to Norway for receiving. I was at Dillard for three and a half years and I've been at Green Rock for six months now. And being at Green Rock, it's so hard to get into classes. Like, they keep telling you, wait a list, wait a list, wait a list. I just wrote the sister warden about that. Uh, what can I do to get in the class? And pretty much from what I see, like, I think it's only, like, maybe one prison in Virginia that do offer the CDL program. Most, I don't think all, most all prisons do offer HVAC or electrician, things like that. But I know Green Rock offers uh, drafting and AutoCAD. And I took some of that in college when I took drafting engineering. So that's why I figured I would love thinking that while I still got a couple months, couple years left. But it's just trying to get in there, though, right? Just trying to get in there. That's the hard part. So I heard that uh, Green Rock has installed the kiosk to have video business in the pod. How do you feel about that? I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's gonna cause too much problems. The way they doing it, they doing twenty minutes in the pod. You got a twenty minute visit, then you can do it in the pod. It's not a fifty minute visit you'll still go to the visiting room. So it's like now they get big most to spend $10 to have private. Whoa. What you mean $10? What's, what's the $10 for? The video um, visit in the visiting room? Yeah, video, the 50 minute videos cost $10. The 20 minutes video cost $2, $4. Ooh, that's a lot. It get kind of, that's one thing 
people don't realize, like, prison is expensive. It's expensive to be in here. Mm-hmm. Not just taxpayers' dollars, but to actually be in here and live and stay healthy. Like, it, it, it don't get expensive. It does. Long call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is trickle down to the family who are already struggling in the middle of inflation. That's a lot to have a private video visit to see your loved one, which y'all are lucky because we, well, right now we don't have to pay for video visits. Our video visits are in the, they have them in the visitation room, but they use WebEx. I'm sure eventually we'll be having to pay for video visits. Um, but, you know, we only get 30 minutes and that's it. You get either a video visit or in-person visit and that's it. So if you pick the video visit, then you can't have an in-person visit until the following week. Um, oh, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> North Carolina crazy, I'm telling you. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. our, our phone calls is only 15 minutes. Like, I think y'all get 20. We only get 15. So imagine how much yeah, money we're spending. See, I'm right here on the line. Like, oh, being from Devil, my daughter was born in Durham, North Carolina. She stayed in Yetzville, well, reasonable Yetzville, North Carolina. So I've been in North Carolina a lot. I, I, I used to stay in Charlotte. I went to school there in Charlotte. I was on probation down there. And you got a payment bill probation down there. Like, <laughs> oh, so y'all don't have to pay to be on probation in Virginia? Nah, you don't pay to be on probation up here. Man, listen, North Carolina will squeeze you for every dollar they can. Yeah, you gotta pay, you gotta pay the probation officer. If you on a monitor, you got to pay for the monitor. You got to pay for the beacon. Like, you literally have to pay your whole life away in North Carolina if you hurt any part of the carceral system. They're going to make you pay. I know that's what we're trying to work on, but, man, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. That's why I wanted to do my nonprofit. I named my nonprofit door. N-O-R-D. Never or again. For the people that know that have been to prison or the ones that never want to go to prison or go through something like that again, I want to really help motivate people and teach them what I should have been learning as, as a young adult coming up. From the prices of how much expensive prison can get to budgeting your money and knowing how to maintain and to just not giving up on education. Like, edu- I learned education is the key. Mm-hmm. When they think what you're saying, I can read, write, and tell my fingers. So many doors open up here. So I really took advantage of my education and I didn't I didn't miss no class. Like yeah, I like working out, I like playing chess. But I made sure I went to class and I made sure I sit up front and let them know who I am. Like I was going to the library. I was I stayed in the library, I stayed reading any of the old books. So what advice would you have? Because I know, you know, some people get to prison and they don't do education, they just kind of you know, I guess get into press mode and so they kind of just mope around. What advice would you have for those who, you know, are not taking advantage of the time that they have to further their education or even just to start education? Because there's some people who don't have education at all. Like they quit high school at a young age. And so, right. you know. I would say first, I would say anxiety, depression, PTSD, it's all real. I never knew that until I got to prison. It just, it might have been yesterday. Whatever the fuck, no, it was Monday, the fourth. I had a crazy anxiety attack, so it's real. You not, you, I definitely know how y'all feel, but one thing for sure, this is not the end. We all got a release and we all go on. Just treat it like prison like college. Go to class. Go to class, do the reps, do the work, take the steps. Educate yourself. 
make a play. You gotta have a play. Never always play, like always continue to play and like the plan never failed. We felt playing. Set them goals. Then just dig into it. Make it in detail your goals. This is not the end. And nobody wanna come back. Like I my little brother would have been home two years now. He just got locked up last weekend. And now he, he pretty much might be charged with murder. But he's still young. How old is he? He's on 32. Mm, so now he basically might spend the rest of his life in prison. Yeah. Went on without a plan. So he got out and basically got, was he hanging around the wrong crew or just situation happened and, you know, that that situation I'm, happened? I'm, I'm real big on energy. Once you put out what you get. And he went home, I talked to him a couple times. And just his energy on the phone, like, it ain't so much like this. You got nothing but time to think and really maximize things. And I felt like he didn't take this time. And when he got out, everything just bombarded him so fast that he just went with the flow of things. And it just led down the wrong way. And I was just looking at these pictures he had sent me since he went home. And it went from him sending me pictures of him and his family, well, him and the kids, and then he sent me pictures of him taking out with his friends, and it just, that's just what it escalated to. Right. Well, Tyson, um, I appreciate your story. Uh, you are always welcome back on Black Light if there's, you know, other things you want to talk about. Um, but yeah, man, stay up and keep keep doing what you're doing. Uh, something going to happen. Something going to give. Oh, most definitely. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate the platform. I appreciate you what you're going out there and I thank you for that. You're welcome. Take care. Right, you too. Bye-bye. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care.